Well, good morning, everyone. It's a joy to welcome you, uh, those who are here at 9.30, those at the Well and the Well Cafe. I just need to make an observation uh, real quickly. Um, I've noticed that, so we, we showed that video for the first time two weeks ago, and two weeks ago, uh, watching Caesar throw me out of the picture was hilarious, and now it's just a chuckle. And I just want you to know, I'm still hurting, okay? So I, we need some more laughter for that. Uh, we, we, they made me do that like six times. I don't know why we had to do it that many times, but uh, we are excited about this series. I hope you can, uh, you can tell. If you have your Bible with you, I want to encourage you to open that to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2 is where we're going to be today. If you didn't bring your Bible with you, we have uh, blue Bibles in all of our worship spaces, and you'll find 1 Peter chapter 2 on page 1888 on the Bibles that we have available for you. Uh, this is a season of the year that many of you look forward to each and every year. Uh, after all, this is Texas. This is the place uh, where we think about Friday night lights or sometimes Thursday night lights, depending on how bad the weather uh, might be. Uh, this is a season where we are, remember that we are living in one of the most interesting times in human history, uh, partly because we are living in a time when homecoming mums have grown to the size where you could hang them on the front of your car. And I don't know if you've seen this, but if, if you haven't, you need to see it and you need to just think about what would it be like for aliens to come and find these things? And what, what in the world are these things for? Some of you are excited about college football. Uh, Texas fans, there's some orange that I haven't seen in quite some time here, here today. Uh, some of you are not so excited uh, because your team maybe didn't do as well. Uh, you even get excited about the silver and blue, uh, the, the team that last won a Super Bowl the year I graduated high school. That's how long it's been, just in case uh, you, you were wondering. Uh, but we still get excited about the Cowboys, and uh, part of the reason I, I think we get excited about all of those things, where we're talking about homecoming at, at a high school or, or our, our, college, our favorite college team or favorite NFL franchise is because it reminds us of home. And, and, it's, and it reminds us of the power of, of home. And that's what we're thinking about in this series, the, the power of finding home and what it means to us in our life and how, how much we long for that, the safety, security, the identity that we find uh, when, we, when we find ourselves at home and, and sharing that with, uh, with others. Uh, so Shea began this series last week and we started with this idea of the new season and he uh, offered this scripture to us, Isaiah 43, uh, which says this, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing, now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? And in the context of a new season, uh, really setting the foundation for this entire series, this was the question that Shay offered to us. How are we becoming a new church for new people in our community? How are we becoming a new church for new people in our community? The whole focus of this series is outward, thinking about those beyond the, the walls of a worship space, beyond the boundaries of our church campus. How are we becoming a new church for new people in our community? How are we inviting people and, and, and offering space for people to come home and find, find home? Today we're talking about teammates 
And, and as I started thinking about teammates, uh, what, what came to my mind was the way in which uh, our most celebrated and prolific athletes speak about teammates when it's time for them to walk away from the sport that they've been invested in. So it's 2018, it's a brand new year's, uh, year for the Dallas Cowboys in part because uh, number 82, and I think I saw a number 82 jersey uh, over there, we got a uh, 82 jersey. Uh, Jason Witten is no longer the starting tight end for your uh, Dallas Cowboys. He retired at the end of the 2017 season after playing in 235 consecutive games, the record uh, for uh, tight ends. Uh, uh, Jason Witten had that. If you watched his press conference, he said the same thing that they all say. Uh, talked about how much football had been a part of his life, how, uh, how he'd been playing this since he was uh, such a small boy, how hard it was to walk away, to think about what life would be without starting a new season every single year, this, this rhythm that had defined the, the entirety of his life. But, but then he talked about his teammates. He talked about what it, what it meant to be a part of a team and what it meant to be a part of, of the lives of the, of the guys that he'd shared this, this journey with. And, and this is the moment, regardless of, of the athlete, regardless of the sport, when, when again, the most celebrated prolific athletes, that, that even, even they are, are fighting to hold back tears. Even, even Jason Witten, this guy, go, go back to the last one, this guy right here, okay? Remember this, 2007, 53-yard reception? After he had had his helmet removed, he's running down the field. I mean, think about the craziness of this. This is so dangerous, you can't even do it anymore. Like, there's a rule against this, right? This is a man's man, strong, tough. This is, and, and yet, when he's talking about teammates, he's, he's holding back tears because of, uh, of the value that that had been for him in his life. And I think for us, there's something about that that we connect with because we also have that same need in our life. We want to be a part of something that's bigger than ourselves. We really do. We want to build meaningful, significant relationships with people who are also pursuing a common goal, a shared goal in our life. We, we want to know that in the most significant struggles of our life, when we experience the biggest loss of our life, we want to know that someone's going to be there with us that they're gonna also walk the, through that with us. And we wanna know that there's gonna be someone there when we, uh, when we go through those, those, those seasons of accomplishment or success. We, wanna, we all wanna be a part of a team. We all wanna be a part of a team where we're known and we're valued and we're part of something that is bigger than ourselves. And so today we're thinking about how, how the church is called to be a team. Uh, how, how the church is called to be a place where people are building these kinds of relationships connected uh, with one another, people who are sharing life together, people who are part of something that is bigger than themselves. And we're going to look at uh, these words from First Peter. Peter writing to some of the first men and women who were trying to figure out what this whole church thing was about. And listen to what Peter says uh, about this idea of the church serving as a team, what the church is really all about. He says, therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. And as you come to him, him being Jesus, the living stone rejected by humans but chosen by God, precious to God, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, uh, 
offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So let's talk first about some of the common misconceptions about church and what church is and what the church should be. One of the common misconceptions, widely held, is that the church is for people who already have their life all together. Or at the very least, the people who, who think they do, right? Uh, the people who have their life all together, they think they have their life all together. Church is the place, uh, perhaps said more cynically, where perfect people come together to build relationships with other perfect people to expand their already perfect world. That's what some people think about church. They think about it as the place where we dress up in our Sunday best, perhaps, but also we put on the facade that we really want others to see. Uh, when they look at our life. It, it's, a, it's a place for polite conversation. It, it's a place where you can, there are certain topics that are appropriate to talk about, but sharing the real deepest struggles of our life, eh, maybe not so much, or the most significant questions that we have in our life. Maybe, ma- maybe that's not a place uh, where, where you, can, you, you can do that. And out of all of these misconceptions, There is for many this incredible fear that one of the most intimidating things they could ever imagine is is walking through the doors of a worship space and and coming into a a place like like you are in today to to be a part of this thing called the church because of this misconception about what the church is and what the church is, is, is all about. But notice what Peter says. Peter says, like newborn babies, crave spiritual milk so that you may grow up in your salvation, that you may grow up in your salvation. Said differently, the goal, the goal of the church is that we would grow. The church is for people who want to grow, who, who, who understand uh, that there is something, there's a need they have in their life and they want to they in, in, in some ways address that need. Uh, they want to they grow in, in their life. One of the learnings over the course of my life that I have found most meaningful is, is the reminder that it is okay to make a mistake. It is okay to make a mistake. I've had mentors in my life who've helped me understand it's okay to make a mistake. Do you know it's okay to make a mistake? Let, let me tell you who makes mistakes. Human beings who are trying. If you're not making a mistake in your life, it's because you're either not a human being or you're just not trying. That's who we are, right? We're people who make mistakes. We, we, we go the wrong direction. It's okay to make a mistake. The challenge is to learn from it, right? The challenge is to be able to look at our lives and to have the humility to say, I need to grow. I want to choose a better path. I, I want to go in a different direction. I, I want the rest of my days perhaps to be different than, than the days that are in, in my past. The goal is that we would grow over the course of a season. The hope is, the goal is that a team would improve, right? Practice all that time, that energy, the sweat, everything that goes into that. The goal is that you would grow, is, is, is that you would improve. So if you're here today and you are a human being, so far looks good. Okay, you're, you're a human being and you have the capacity in your life to make incredibly great decisions that will lead to blessings into the lives of others and for generations to come, and you have the capacity to make decisions and engage in behavior that would destroy your life and curse generations to come, if you find yourself on that spectrum somewhere, 
church is for you. The church is for you. And by the way, we're all on that spectrum. Regardless of how long you may have been walking with Jesus, you still have that capacity. You have a capacity to be a blessing, and you have a capacity to destroy your life because you're a human being. Human beings make mistakes. Human beings go uh, directions that they never intended to go all the time. The goal is that we would continuously grow. And this work never finishes for any of us. The work of the church never finishes for any of us. And the work that we do to make disciples who love God, love others, and serve the world, this is a place for all who want to grow. Uh, but, but notice this, uh, uh, Peter refers to those in the church as a holy priesthood. In other words, we are all called to be priests. And if you write that down, you might just underline all, you might circle it, star it. We are all, this is not a, a, a calling that is limited to a few. All who have said yes to Jesus are called to be priests. Now, a little bit of history here. This is a core doctrine of all Protestant theology. The idea that no one has special access to God, none of us do, uh, rather there is what uh, is referred to as the priesthood of all believers that grows out of this particular passage, that we're all called to be priests in the world. I was ordained by a bishop to be a pastor. And as a pastor, I'm responsible for administering the sacraments, Holy Communion and baptism. And I'm responsible for ordering the life of the church, which basically means it's my job to make sure the lights come on and you have a bulletin when you come in, those kinds of things. That's what I'm responsible for. But by virtue of my confession as a follower of Jesus, that's, that's why I'm called to be a priest. And if you've said yes to Jesus, if you have made a commitment to live as a follower of Jesus, you have that calling as well. Now, since some of you didn't read the fine print when you said yes, let me just explain to you what that means. Because you may be wondering, whoa, I don't, I'm not sure about that. What does it mean to be a priest? Well, a priest is first someone who has suffered. Have you suffered in your life? Have you experienced brokenness or pain? My guess is yes. If you've suffered, you've already met the first requirement to be a priest. A priest is someone who out of their suffering and pain longs for healing, longs to be made whole, to, uh, to be restored. And out of that longing for healing and restoration, a priest is someone who has made their way to the foot of the cross in brokenness and in a desire to be healed, to be restored. Uh, a priest is someone who's come to the foot of the cross and has received the mercy and grace of God. That's what a priest is. A priest is someone who's had that experience, who, uh, the experience of suffering, the experience of longing, the experience of coming to the cross, of receiving mercy. And a priest is someone who out of that experience now lives in such a way as to invite others who have suffered and who long for healing to come to the foot of the cross and receive the mercy and grace of God. And that's not just my job. That's... That's the job, that's the responsibility, that's the calling of everyone who said yes to Jesus. Those who have received mercy are responsible for sharing mercy. Those who follow Jesus 
a part of following Jesus is helping others follow Jesus. Look at what Peter says in verses 9 and 10. He says to these people, you are a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy mercy. You're called to be a priest, to be a person who is living in the world in such a way that you are living out an expression of the mercy and grace that you have received and inviting others, inviting others in the way that you live and interact and serve and bless to also find their way to the foot of the cross to receive that gift from God. here's Here's the final idea. The greatness of any team is not defined by how teammates value each other, because I'm assuming the Browns value each other as well, but they're a terrible team. (laughs) But the joy they bring to those beyond the team. And let me show you a video that illustrates uh, this idea. Let me tell you how amazing this Yes, we had a code violation that was written up. We had noticed uh, some issues with the property. There was some trash and debris on the house needed painting. There was some issues with the fence. So we made contact with the property owner. Priscilla found out that the gentleman that lived at this house was a former uh, high school football coach. He's 88 years old now, coached here for over 30 years. She also had a group of MISD students from the football team wanting to do a community project. Lake Ridge football team and Mansfield uh, football team. Cleaning up some parks or you know small things like that and she told me she had a better idea. And she started t- telling me about Coach Haven. Well I'm a math teacher by trade but uh, when the superintendent tells you to coach, that's what you do, so I, I assistant coach. And the more she told me about this project, the more I knew that we had to do this. It only made sense to bring it together. We're working on a, a house for a former coach at Mansfield High School. He's helped lay the foundation of Mansfield the athletics, and I play football, so this is something that I actually wanted to do. Because he was like had such an impact on so many people in Mansfield, and we just want to help him out like in any way that we can, so that's why we're out here today. This came together beautifully. The volunteer program makes a big difference in the community. We put new siding on this house, trim the trees to help rejuvenate a house. Here in the city of Mansfield, we all come together. And its employees do care about the city and the citizens. That makes me feel good, because then they know, hey, if we need help on something, all we gotta do is we can call them and they'll come help. I'm proud of the employee organization for stepping up and taking on a challenge. But I also think it, it says a lot about the community and the future generation. I appreciate the kids so much. And uh, that's our future, tomorrow. You want your kids to understand the importance of, of helping your community, helping other people, because it's not just about the game of football. And Coach Haven and many other people with him made that vision come true. I like giving back to legends. To me, he's a legend. 
it just makes you feel good to, to have that opportunity. And uh, I think our kids are learning a lot through this experience. It's a Thanksgiving, it's a celebration for Mansfield. That a code violation like this has come out to an opportunity for two teams to help a former coach. It's another way of saying thank you for what he's done for us. Mansfield's done so much good for me, so I want to give back to the people of Mansfield. We set the pattern today and then they're carried on. They're great kids and I appreciate each one of them. The greatness of any team isn't defined by how teammates value one another, but the joy they bring to those beyond the team. On Wednesday uh, of this week, uh, I'll be getting on a plane leading uh, some uh, members of our church on a, on a trip to, uh, it's called a Journeys of Paul trip, going to the places where Paul brought the gospel many, many uh, years ago. We've had a lot that I've, I've had the chance to lead to the Holy Land, and out of that they said, we want to do another trip, and then the, the organization that we work with, the agency who plans this for us, asked me to, to do this trip, and so um, I'm, I'm heading overseas, look forward to bringing some pictures back and sharing with you. I'll be back to finish this series, uh, and then as we wrap up this series, we'll move into a new message series called Together. It's a, uh, a series that's focused on our future uh, and, and it's a campaign that we'll be going in to uh, help fund the, the future expansion of our ministry. Uh, I didn't grow up uh, doing things like getting on planes and flying to faraway places and so uh, when I first started doing that, never expecting uh, that I would, I, I, did, I did not like that. That was not comfortable for me. I had a, a pretty significant fear of flying. And one of the ways that I got past that, and this is gonna sound very morbid, just stick with me for a second. Uh, I got past it by going through something that I now do every time I travel overseas, I write a letter to my children just in case I don't come back. Now I know that sounds morbid, but you have to think about it this way. For me in that time, like going overseas was like flying to the moon, okay? So you gotta be prepared if you're flying to the moon, right? So I, I, I wrote that letter to my kids and for some reason that just made me feel better. I think part of it was, was being able to verbalize in that letter to them, don't ever let my absence be an excuse for not following God's dreams for your life. It, it, it was important for me to verbalize that, just to realize that I, I wanted those words to be shared. There was something I, I wanted to, to say, just in case I didn't come back. So with that in mind, I'm going overseas, and so I want to tell you some things just in case I don't come back, okay? <laughs> I'm in my 14th year here, and I got to tell you, I've never been a part of a church like you, the church that you are. You, I can't describe for you, there are not words to capture what is unique and special about you. You don't understand it, I promise you that you don't. You, you, you don't understand what's unique and special about you. But, but again, I've been here 14 years, I, I've seen it, I've experienced it. There, there is something special about you. But, but I want you to hear that any church, any, any individual who, who has that sense of, 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 a, of a unique gift, a unique calling, a unique, a, a, a unique responsibility, you, you can lose that. We believe that everyone has a next step. If you don't take the next step, you might take the wrong step. And churches take wrong steps all the time. They find themselves drifting from what their mission is, is always uh, always supposed to be about. You can, you can lose that. Part of what is unique about you is that God has planted you in a community that continues to expand and grow. And some of you may have been here long enough that you're thinking, gosh, when is this going to stop expanding and growing? Well, I don't know, but not anytime soon. 
And if we believe that the world needs Jesus, then that has some implications for how we live our life and how we seek to be a blessing to the people in our world and, and, and our implications for how significantly we must wrestle with the question, how are we a new church for new people in our community? So on October 21st, whether I come back or not, okay, this church is gonna start looking to the future and we're gonna ask everyone in this church to prayerfully consider the ways in which God might call you to sacrifice to make that future a possibility because you're special, you're unique. And with blessings, with, with, that, with that gift come responsibilities. And so what I wanna invite you to do is we move through the rest of this series and we, we think about we think about home, the power it is in our lives and the power it is in the lives of others. I want you to pray that God would increase in each of us our sense of a burden for the people all around us who need Jesus and who need this church to be the church that God has called it to be today and tomorrow and for generations to come. The greatness of any team isn't, I mean, it's not. We appreciate what's special about you is, is that you value one another, but what's really special about you is the way in which you are bringing joy and life to so many others. May we feel that burden as we wrestle with this question, how, how are we being a new church for new people in our community? Let's pray. Gracious God, today we do pray that you would send us outward beyond our own comfort zones, beyond, Lord, the, uh, the, the, the life that we would build for ourselves, that we would instead, Lord, step into the life that you're calling us to pursue. That you would enable us to release our grip, to, to, to recognize that that there is more in store for us, that for some of us, Lord, you've called us to grow and there's a next step in that growth. For some, Lord, that, that next step may just be an awareness that they are welcome here. For some, Lord, this may be a challenge to think about the way in which they've been called to be a priest that the responsibility of following you is perhaps more than they considered before. Wherever we are today, Lord, enable us to be the kind of church, the body of believers that is a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, ones who have received mercy and out of that have a deep, deep desire to share that mercy with others. We believe, we believe that everyone needs you, Lord. Enable us to be a part of sharing you with our world and with our community, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.